you know, know. it seems like it, just it, it seems it's like nuts. just yesterday that yeah and it only gets faster right mm-hmm. the older you get the people the older people get i feel like the more they tell you it just gets faster the older you get the faster it goes and so a big part of that i think uh, motivation wise for me um with the studio is being able to create that legacy piece like here's something that you'll always remember and every time you look at it for the rest of your life you're going to feel the way you feel about your family and your children right now like that little emotional tingly stuff you have right now, you're going to feel that every time you look at it. Hey everyone, Cole Turnbull with Coeur Advice Givers, where we interview Coeur business owners, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to bring Coeur residents the best advice from our community's brightest minds. Today, I'm joined by Kibby Walton, owner of Artisan Portrait. Hey, you know, usually I uh, try to summarize, you know, give a brief description of of what somebody brings out. But when I was going through, you know, preparing for this interview, I was like, you know, I was doing your website and Facebook and all that stuff. And I, I thought your website summed it up best. So here's here's the intro to Kibby. After a decade working under the guidance and mentorship of two accomplished Portrait Studios, Kibby acquired a small studio named Artisan Portrait and Design in Post Falls that was struggling to survive. Immediately, Kibby rebranded the business, eliminating the design site and focusing solely on portraits. The rebrand included a new logo, new website, and refined focus for the business. Putting into practice what he had learned, the studio generated revenues in the first seven months that exceeded the previous year and a half. Revenues continued to to grow steadily for two years when something exciting happened to catapult the studio into the top performing portrait studio in the nation. We'll find out that much more here with Kibby. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, doing the background research of you diving into, you know, kind of what makes you tick. How did you get your start in photography to begin with? So how I got my start, I guess, is way back to childhood. Um, is that kind of where you're going mm-hmm. with that. Okay. Um, you know, when I, growing up as a kid, I think, um, like many people, I just found the hobby. My dad was a pretty active amateur. Um, and so palling around with him and, and loading film into a camera going on the little, um, uh, camera club shoots, uh, that he was involved in, um, just kind of got introduced to it. And at a young age, I found, um, an ability to, to, to create some stuff, which was kind of cool. Um, then through, you know, middle school, high school and stuff, it was still the film days. And so, um, it was more that, you know, the newspaper and the yearbook and all that stuff, they needed someone that knew how to operate a camera, knew how to load film, knew how to process film, knew how to make prints. And so that was just a kind of a natural thing for me. So I just followed that through, um, got into NIC, or moved to Coeur d'Alene, uh, after high school. So I moved over here in February of 93, um, got into NIC and, you know, working a few jobs, um, paying my own way through school, taking a photography class because it was easy <laughs> and yeah. I needed the art credit. Um, met the managing editor of a student paper and she invited me to come to the student paper uh, because they were losing their editor the following semester. And at the time I was pretty much like, you know, no, I already have three jobs. I don't need anything else on my plate. Um, but she told me, she said, hey, if you make editor, which you are kind of a shoe in to make, um, uh, you know, it pays your tuition and you get a stipend every issue. So I was like, okay, 
<laughs> Monday morning at what building was that again? You said 9 a.m., what room? So, um, so that was kind of how I got my start. And it wasn't until that point where I really realized that um, maybe this hobby um, might be something that I would be good at, you know, doing for a living instead of just having as a hobby. Yeah. So I was, that was actually going to be my next question. You yeah. kind of took that right out of my mouth was when did you know that photography was going to be something that you were going to actually turn into a yeah. career as opposed to a hobby? You know, um, I would say that if, for me, uh, my experience is that it was always there. It was always, it, it was always near me. Um, it was always opening doors for me. Um, you know, coming over here and going to school. And I mean, I remember the advisor saying, well, you need an art credit. And I was like, uh, whatever. Do you have photography? She goes, yeah, I'm like, great. Sign me up for that. And, you know, then through that, I met the managing editor of the student paper. Right. And then through that, I met local professionals that were, uh, working for the Coeur press and the spokesman review. And, you know, um, Jesse Tinsley is still around shooting for the spokesman, but you know, there was Bob and Matt and Craig and those guys were all, you know, just kind of took me under their wing and taught me some stuff. And, um, opened the door for me to get into this, uh, this old event that the resort used to host called the, uh, quarterback classic, um, where they brought a bunch of NFL quarterbacks in to play golf Yeah, I'm and like just Ryan Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Like Drew John Bledsoe, Elway and yeah. Bledsoe and like all these, all these big time guys. And, um, you know, just through me knocking on the door at, you know, Quicksilver studios, downtown Coeur d'Alene, which, you know, in that day they were, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think they're still hanging on, but you know, in that day they were like the it place. And so, um, through my connections there and through my connections with the paper, I got myself into that tournament and, um, uh, got my foot in the door a little bit more solid with, with Quicksilver. And, um, uh, which was kind of funny. The, the story I always love to tell is, uh, I showed up that day. I was, um, persistent about wanting to get in there. And the front desk gal, you know, kept telling me like the boss is busy. The boss is busy. Yeah. The the classic response. Like, Hey, anyone comes in here asking for me, I'm busy. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm just a young kid with this college three ring notebook that I'm trying to call a portfolio. And, um, finally I get some time with them because, uh, doing the student paper, doing the photojournalism, I was also working at the resort. And so I kind of, you know, like use some of my resort connections to be like, Hey, can somebody get me in front of this guy? I just want to know there's a way I can do something. And, I think our meeting was like about five minutes. He kind of, we sat down I showed him my college book. He kind of like, you know, it's super thick and he's just kind of like one, two, three, like flips through some pages and folds it up and he goes, so, uh, can you build stuff? <laughs> I remember just being like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, can you build stuff? You know, it's, it's prom season. We need some help, uh, putting some sets together and building some different things. And, you know, you can come in and help us do that. And I was like, okay. So that's what I did. So I showed up and built stuff for proms and uh, was a pack gear for uh, Brad Hagedon back in the day when he was still shooting. So I was a little pack donkey for him and haul gear around and we do interior shoots of buildings and the resort and different stuff like that. And um, yeah, finally it just got to the point where I was getting ready to graduate from NIC and the boss at Quicksilver was like, Hey, you know, what are, what are your plans? What are you thinking? And I'm like, you know, I'm, just, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And he just said, well, would you consider staying on? We'd like to create a full-time position for you. Yeah, you aren't you aren't going to be starting, the builder anymore. Yeah, now you're going to actually be a photographer. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, so I moved yeah. like I I did the builder stuff for you know that first season, that first spring season, and then um, because of my photojournalism background, you know, at that time uh, was when black and whites got really popular for weddings, and so he was like, "Hey, come in, in, come on in, and I want you just uh, cover this like it's a news event, like it's a sports, like it's a game, right? Just cover mm-hmm. it uh, from a news angle, more documentary style." 
And I was like, okay, because I've never shot a wedding before. And he goes, that's exactly why I want you to do it. So I was like, okay. So it was, uh, it was, I remember I was, uh, bartending and, uh, I had my Saturday night shift and all that stuff, you know, so it was my money shift of the week. And he called me on like a Thursday and said, Hey, I need you on Saturday for like, you know, four hours from four to eight or something like that. A little boat cruise before the wedding. I was like, man, I'm working during the day. I got this going at night. And well, how much money would you make? And you know, it was like a hundred bucks or 125 or something. And he's like, I'll pay you 300 bucks. And I was like, okay, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> and I think that was really, you know, like that happened. And then there was a spot there on the photojournalism side where I got called to a car accident and, uh, you know, a helicopter was coming in to life flight these guys that had ran a stop sign and got hit by a big truck. And, um, I remember the adrenaline of kind of trying to compose that shot. Um, keeping in mind that, you know, news rules are if, if some, if you show somebody's face and they pass away, they won't run the photo, you know, to, yeah. uh, out of respect for the family, you know, notify mm-hmm. first again, all that. And so, you know, the adrenaline's going and I'm like, oh man, this is going to be great. The f- helicopter's coming in. And I remember just looking through the lens at that spot and the sheriff kind of controlling traffic. And all of a sudden it just kind of, you know, like this weird, warm, tingly feeling just sort of came over me. And I was like, what am I doing? You know, like these kids are going to die. Yeah. And I'm all hyped up on you know like what's gonna happen this is gonna be yeah. cool this is gonna be great i want to get this you know this is gonna go Breaking on the wire the it's gonna story, go national right? yeah and i was just like what am i doing and um so that happened and the you know the invitation to go shoot the wedding um happened within a short period of time and i was just like yep it's this is i'm gonna go the studio route and so um then i just kind of helped out like i just kind of second shot uh for weddings and did second shooter stuff for proms just kind of helped out and you know, through, uh, I think that was like midway through 95 and then 96, I was kind of part-time with them. And 97 is when they offered me the full-time position. So January 97 is when I started this whole professional thing. Yeah. And and then, (laughs) so then over those years, you know, you started, you know, doing portraits and that sort of thing. And then, uh, you want to share with us the story of how this, this studio became so this studio, um, the current facility is, you know, here on Spokane Street. We started over on Celtis uh, in Post Falls. Uh, so in 2006 is, um, you know, after 10 years of, of staying here in Coeur d'Alene, but then also working in central Ohio um, and coming back, it was, uh, you know, the opportunity presented itself. And so my aunt stepped in and was like, hey, I got you. Let's figure it out. Let's do this. And I was like, okay, here we go. Um and so took over in 2006, um, immediately started into the high school senior stuff. Um, Facebook was just starting to get popular with the high school age crowd. Um, up until that point, it had more been, you know, the Facebook when mm-hmm. it was still in yeah. its early years, it was still the Facebook and it was kind of more the college age, um, or the high school seniors. And, um, one thing I feel has always been an advantage kind of for us is, you know, we're a little isolated here in Idaho and sometimes, you know, a lot of us appreciate that and that's why we choose to live here. But, um, as an industry, as I would travel and speak or, or go to other conventions and talk to other professionals, it was almost like looking at a crystal ball of what was happening in the high school senior market. And I knew that it wasn't going to happen for us right away, but it was going to probably happen for us next year. Yeah, we seem to like behind on yeah. on a lot of stuff. Yeah, and so much. so in that way, I was able to kind of you know a little bit build my high school senior business kind of ahead of the curve. I felt like, and so um, you know trying to be first on a lot of things that we were doing, which I think to that age group was really an important thing that you're doing something new, you're doing something different. Um, and so that was that was really the the catalyst for it all was you know moving right into a high school senior marketing. 
um, the high school seniors there every year. How, so, how did you win over that market? So one of the big things that we did um, was free profile picture day. And um, it was an event that we started, uh, again, kind of right as the craze of, I mean, even it, it was really at the transition time of, you know, if you can remember, like MySpace was kind of the thing. You know, everybody yeah. was just trying to like- Top friends, are you in my right? top friends list? Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> um, so as we were, you know, and, and good, I was starting the business, you know, so I needed, I needed low cost. Um, I don't even know if viral was a term then, but I needed, you know, low cost kind of things that would get us a lot of attention. And so I just went to where the kids were and that's where they were, you know, the, 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 the middle school kids and the say like the freshmen, sophomores, juniors were still on MySpace, and then the seniors were trying to be college kids. So they were, you know, trying to do the, 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 Facebook, the Facebook still, it was yeah. the Facebook still. And so, um, and so we just thought, well, what if we created an event that let people update their profile pictures? And what if we could create it to where it just created some buzz, you know, just get some bodies through the studio, let everybody know we're here. Um, and how can we make it charitable? Like, how can we make it not about us? Mm -hmm. And so we um, started collecting food and it was, you know, bring your canned food donations. And we set up these just colorful pieces of paper on the wall and uh, used a ring light, which is just kind of a fancy fashion light, but real simple. And um, people would come in and it was just photo booth style. So it was come on in and drop your food donations. Uh, we do some raffles and different things like that. Get some local businesses to donate some gift cards. Um, and then I'd just pop them in front of the camera, like photo booth style. And I was just like, okay, one, two, three, go, one, two, three, go, one, two, three, go. And you know, people freeze up a little bit yeah. they start to laugh a little bit. They look at their friends and make funny faces. And so it was a very, um, candid and fun and energetic way to kind of create some images that weren't really portraits. So I felt like it didn't really compete or hurt any sales. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a great buzz thing. And so that was really, I think what catapulted us onto like the local scene of kind of becoming the it place for the senior portraits. And that was, you know, maybe Oh nine ish is when that really blew up. Yeah. It's actually um, really genius. You know, when you think about it as yeah. far as marketing terms, right? Because now all those freshmen and, and sophomores are going to mm -hmm. be like, Oh, this Kibby guy, you know, he took that, mm -hmm. that my first ever Facebook picture. Right. Like, yeah. And everything was branded. So we had our artists yeah. and portrait stuff across the bottom. Um, you know, had free profile picture day, little logos and stuff that we do. And, and, uh, it created a lot of buzz for us. So it was, it was really good. Like it really, really put us on the map for the, especially with the high school seniors. Yeah. And I'm sure then they so, remembered you. Right? Yeah. So then when it was their oh, time for senior yeah. portraits, you yeah. Know, and then like, they only know one. Exactly. Yeah. And so that helped out a lot. Yeah. Um, but then I think just like any marketing idea, you know, it gets, it gets to be, you know, four to five years old and it starts to kind of like be old news, not new news mm -hmm. anymore. And so, um, but we carried it on until about 2000, uh, I'd say about 2013. We tried one, maybe two events when we moved to the Spokane street location in 2014. And it was just, nobody was, everybody wasn't, nobody was really excited about it anymore. Like Facebook was just kind of like, yeah, everybody has it. Like it's no big deal anymore. Yeah. Um, right. Like they're, I mean, anymore, it's like kids are like changing their profile picture every yeah. day. Yeah. It's old news and you have a picture from yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. So after a few years and some different themes and we try to do, you know, we try to do at least one a quarter, one every couple months, something like that. And we did some holiday themes ones with, you know, ugly Christmas sweaters and stuff like that. We started getting creative with it. Um, and it was really good for, for about four years. And then about five years, we kind of, you know, start to see things kind of the participation rate kind of starts mm -hmm. to slow down. And you're just like, okay, well this, that idea was cool. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up and put it away before, 
you know, and try to think of something new. Yeah. And you don't just do senior portraits. You no, do, actually. Or... Yeah. We, um, well, when I started the business, it was very much focused on high school seniors. Mm -hmm. And then, um, as I mentioned before, you know, traveling and speaking, I got started to get, um, speaking requests in the industry and different stuff like that. Cause we were able to build the business, uh, so quickly to, to a successful level. Um, again, it was, you know, looking in that crystal ball and kind of seeing that, uh, senior portrait market is kind of changing. Yeah. And, um, and I, I truly think like, you know, social media became a big part of that as well. Um, the magic of being photographed or having a portrait done and getting a picture taken, uh, wasn't really that magical anymore, you know, cause mm -hmm. everybody has a camera in their pocket. And so I think that was a key piece and we're starting to see that swing back a little bit now. Um, but that was definitely, you know, looking at that and seeing that, um, and, um, understanding that, uh, one of my mentors told me at that, I remember at that critical point where I was trying to figure out like, what are we going to do? And are we going to see this same slow that everybody's seeing? Are we going to see the same challenges? How are we going to adapt? Um, one of my mentors looked at me and he just said, Kibby, you know, not everybody has a senior, but everybody has a family. And I was like, so you're saying my percentages are off. You know, we were 70% high school senior and 30% everything else. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it's time to start switching that. So that was about 2013, 2012, like right around the time Sterling was born, um, that we started to kind of recognize, okay, the senior market's changing and, um, this isn't going to be an automatic thing for everybody. And, and, um, so we started focusing more on the family stuff. That and I mean, senior portraits are, you know, you have one, right. Right. You do one exactly. senior portrait. Yeah, exactly. And you do it at one time of the year. Correct. So for you yep. know, the other 300 yep. plus days of the year, you know, what are you going to yep. do? Yeah. So instead of the senior portraits leading us into the families, now we've reversed it to where it's the family portraits that are leading us into the children's portraits and also the high school senior portraits. Yeah. So it was just a smarter way to kind of look at it after a few years and kind of go, Ooh, Hey, it's time to flip this around and make this, you know, a little bit more. And I, I think too, for me, um, as I was growing up, you know, as I was aging, as I was maturing, as my children were getting older, it was like family was becoming more, um, important to me too. Mm -hmm. And so it, it seemed like a logical fit kind of, you know, like the high school senior stuff I think is really important. Um, but the bulk of the pool, um, just seemed a little, uh, finicky for the whims of, you know, a 16 year old, we were kind of building our, our business around, um, the whims and preferences of that, you know, 16 year old crowd. And it was like every other year it was changing. And I just thought, I just don't want to be the person that's changing who we are every year. I want to be who we, I want to hang our hat on something that we're really good at and we can start to build from that. And I just saw more of that in the family portrait area than I did in the senior portrait. So we still do them. Still yeah. do the senior portraits, just not part of our focus anymore. Yeah, I mean, you walk around and look around your studio, and it's yeah. like you know, there's senior portraits, there's mm -hmm. you know, portraits of kids, families. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, I mean, it's clear that you have the desire and the passion, you know, for all of it. Mm -hmm. But the the families are really, I think, what you yeah hang, hang your hat on. Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, do you remember what your first camera was? Oh man. Um, my first camera was probably a Nikon F2, one of my dad's. So old 35 millimeter, um, 35 millimeter camera, you know, so film camera. Yeah. And so um, do you, do you still have it? Um, uh, my dad still has it actually. Does he? Yeah. I had them for, I had both of those cameras for a few years and, uh, my dad actually asked for them back. He was like, Hey, can I have those back? And I was like, yeah, sure. I was just hanging on to them cause I didn't want you to yeah. throw them away or anything. Um, 
but I have his old four by five camera from back in the day as well. So, um, and I still have some of my, uh, my original Hasselblad gear that I bought, um, in the early two thousands when I was over in Ohio. And so I have some of that gear and, you know, film's kind of coming back right now. Film's kind of the new, the new thing in the portrait world and the photography industry. And so, um, it's actually kind of interesting to feel like I've lived through that cycle of where everything was film yeah. and then all of a sudden everything was new and digital. And now all of a sudden digital is kind of old news and people are getting back into film again. And I'm like, Oh wow, what's happening? Yeah, vinyl's coming back. <laughs> yeah. Vinyl. Like film, it's all of it. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because um, I think a lot of that ties into um, we, you know, as consumers, I think we've been so led into digital, like digital is better. Digital is the same. Digital is so much more convenient, but um that the loss of the tangible product, you know, the thing you touch and hold and feel, um, is I think really starting to be missed by consumers and they're starting to like, I've been reading tons of stuff and re hearing different stuff about like, you know, Kindles, for example, yeah. like Kindle book sales are starting to tail off because, uh, people who love books and love to read books love to collect books. They love being able to hold that book. They love being able to have that story of where this book has been and who they lent it to and who else read it. And mm -hmm. they love being able to make the notes and the margins. And, you know, the Kindle just doesn't provide that same experience. And I think that in the same way, you know, the, the photography world went digital and everybody's like, Oh, we just want files. We just want files. But we're actually starting to see that pendulum swing back. And, uh, the exciting part for me, um, is I feel like we fought through the, fought through the trenches of that holding our guns saying, no, we don't sell files. That's not what we do. Uh, you know, we create beautiful portrait art for your home. That's meaningful for your family. That tells a story that you walk by it every day and just see it, you know, that, that tangible meaning can't be replaced by a file. And, um, so we're starting to see actually, which is kind of exciting. We're starting to see that pendulum swing back and clients are coming in because you know, they have plenty of pictures taken or something like that. But, um, they've never had anything like this. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you don't just take the picture. Hey, you know, email them, Dropbox or whatever, you know, sure. here, here's your picture file. Right. Exactly. It's like you, I mean, you bring him in here to where we're sitting right now yeah. and put them in front of the screen and then you texture, you know, everything's textured and you mm -hmm. got frame and yep. yeah, it's all a finished piece. And yeah. so, and I think just, you know, in business, um, you know, we can, as we sit here casually, we might th hear the word picture thrown around. Um, uh, but in a client experience, we would never say the word picture. We would never say the word photo. Uh, we're always talking about the portrait. Uh, we're always referencing the finished piece, you know, mm -hmm. so selecting that frame for their finished piece or creating the portraits. Um, it's never a picture. It's never a photo. It's never a print. Um, it's always about the portrait. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. When you see, like yeah. an outsider, like we don't think of things like that. But yeah. you say that, well, know, it's it's really conversation. But you know, as, going, right? as a business owner too, yeah. I think it's it's important that we pay attention to those words, um, and it's important that we use the right ones to kind of help our clients distinguish why we're different. Mm -hmm. And uh, as much as we can make everything different, <laughs> the more the better. So, absolutely. Uh, was there a particular? You're heavily involved in charities and yeah. nonprofits yeah philanthrop philanthropic work the old there, club give you a shout out yeah, yeah. thanks uh is there one particular event or story in your life that's kind of directed you towards being that way um i don't know so much if there's any one particular influence i guess it's um just a i don't know just a desire to like be a good person you know to be to be nice to people like why bother being mean? It takes the same amount of energy really 
to just be nice to him. So just make the decision to be nice and be good. And it's not really that hard. Um, and so it's always, I think, been a, a piece of me to like want to do, um, want to, I guess, please others is how it started. Um, and then I kind of learned from that, that, you know, there's uh, plenty of things that you get taken advantage of and you got to yeah. kind of refine a little bit. Right. But, but just being, um, just trying to be good in the community, just try to be part of the community and not just take, but be able to give. And, um, I think that's really important to, you know, who I want to be for myself, but who I want to be as a father, as a mentor to my children, like how I want to set the example for that, uh, that it's not about everything you get. It's about things that you give, you know, like what can you do for somebody else that makes their day better, you know, and then can you attach to that feeling about making that make you feel good for, you know, so you have a good day too. Um, so the charitable stuff that we do is really, it started as, um, you know, just charitable groups approaching us, um, asking for donations. And of course it was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. No problem. And eventually it grew into the program that it is today, uh, where we started to realize it was uh, really more of a win, 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 um, for the charitable group, for the client and for us, like there was a way we could not just give and, you know, never see anything back from mm -hmm. it. There was a way we could actually, uh, actively give and participate it and promote it. And then it was like, wow, it was raising more money for the charity. So that was awesome. And more people were finding out about who we are and what we do and what our passion is. And they were raising their hand going, yeah, I want to participate in that. I need something like that. And, um, and then because of that experience, because of, um, what we were creating for them, they were, you know, more willing to kind of invest from that as well. So the charitable stuff has always been stuff, uh, something that is important to me and just being, just being part of the community and just being, you know, like I said, I guess simply just someone who's giving, yeah. you know, and not just taking that isn't here to just make money and make a profit, but also is here to, uh, have a goal to, to kind of give back. So and, did and you do some stuff with that? Did you come up with kind of the philosophy of how you guys do your charitable contributions um, or, I mean, if you want to share maybe with, you know, what yeah, kind of how you guys do it and how you, you know, your meet your goal of helping sure. to contribute $250,000. Yeah. So that's kind of a big, scary number, right? Um, so as we started to do this more and as it evolved more and then through mentorship, um, uh, Bill Sorensen is one of my mentors, a retired photographer in Portland, but he kind of planted that seed of like, Hey, there's a way for you to kind of win, win, win here. You know, you don't have to constantly just be giving, 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 um, and not really seeing anything ever circle back. There's a way you can kind of design this to where now all of this is feeding you so that you're able to actually give more. And that was an important thing for me because I felt I just wanted to give and I didn't care about whether it came back or not. And he helped me understand that, you know, you've, you've got to find situations and areas where you can give so that it, the giving can kind of circle back to you so that you can continue to give again, that you can kind of make that work and, and really showed me how, you know, exponentially you can start to ramp that up instead of it just staying flat. Yeah. It's, I think that's critical is giving without an expectation of return, oh, for sure. but you set it, you know, to where it's, Hey, you know, people are naturally going to come back and return because yeah. they, they see what you do. So how do you set up those, those fundraisers? So with the, with the charitable groups, um, we have our standard program. We do a bunch of different things, but the main thing that we do, um, uh, 
is we will go to a, a charitable event, say like, you know, Sweetheart's Ball or something like that, um, where we'll set up a portrait display and invite the participants of the event um, to donate $99 to Sweetheart's Ball through our display. And then in return, we'll give that person a $500 portrait certificate. And so $250 covers their sitting, and then there's $250 for them to spend towards their portraits. And we found that, you know, through that, um, and it's a multi-winner item. So in the past, when we would, you know, give like a sitting and a certificate for a print or something like that, it was one thing. And you'd get four or five or six or eight people bidding on it, trying to outbid each other. But at the end of the day, there was only one donor. Yeah. And, you know, if that value of that certificate was, say, you know, three, four, five hundred bucks, something like that, um, it's about half is what the certificate would go for. So one person would be donating, you know, two, maybe three hundred dollars. Uh, but with this system, we figured out like, oh, here we can make the bear, you know, the, the point of entry lower. Uh, so anybody that's willing to raise their hand and give a hundred bucks, we'll give them a $500 certificate. And now they can sell multiple. So now they can do three or four or five or six or eight or, I mean, we did 11 at Weinstein and Dine. So when we can come in and help a charitable group raise a thousand bucks, that feels pretty good. Yeah. Um, so you're going, Hey, you know, now you got 11, you've raised $1,100 for that charity. Right. And then you in turn have basically donated I'm terrible at math, but, uh, so it'd be 5,500, yeah, $5,500 yeah, $5, worth of goods and services. And so yeah. if we, if we can set that goal at two fifty, it's a kind of a big number, but, um, you know, my thought is if we have that system and we did 10 certificates, uh, per event, then that would raise a thousand bucks. It's $5,000 worth of goods and services. And if we could do that for 50 events, in the, in the Northwest a year, you know, then we could hit that $250,000 number. And mm -hmm. it's kind of, um, fun and exciting and a little bit scary to do that math, but you know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to say here's 250 and here's an easy way that we can get there. Yeah. That's, so, I mean, it is overwhelming when you really sit back and, mm -hmm. and look at it, but when you yeah. break it down yeah, and it's like, Hey, you know, we can do this. And like you said, you usually ends up being 60 or 70 events. Yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. Cause we don't, you know, we don't to. sell out every event. Um, as far as those, those certificates would go. So, you know, it might just be two or three, it might be five or six. So mm -hmm. we usually end up with, um, close to 75 or 80 events a year and about two thirds of them happen in the springtime and about a third of them happen in the fall. Nice. So, uh, kind of the whole premise of the show, you know, advice givers. Yeah. If you could go back in time. What advice would you give yourself? Oh, uh, what advice would I give myself? If I could go back in time, um, I would probably tell myself to, uh, you know, set bigger goals and, um, and, and I don't, I don't know if it would be believe in myself more, but I think it would just be to, uh, dream bigger, you know, to, to think bigger. And, uh, you know, we were talking off, off the mic a little bit earlier, but I said, uh, you know, my first year in business, I was really just looking to replace my income. Yeah, like right. that was my I mean, goal. It was super low. You know, yeah. I mean, it was just like, can I make 40 grand a year? Like if I can do that, then I'm golden. And, um, you know, I think that would be my advice to my past self would be like, Hey, set bigger goals than that. Like, you know, you could achieve a lot more, but if you set your goal too low, you're, you're probably not going to achieve it. Cause as soon as you achieve, you're going to be like, sweet, I made it. And you're going to be good to go. Yeah. Um, right. And then it's time to go play. Yeah. And then it's time to go play <laughs> for the year. Right. And in the first few years of business, that's exactly what I did. Um, you know, and that part of that whole, uh, free profile picture thing, uh, free profile picture day thing that we talked about earlier was a little bit of a realizing that, uh, there was more, 
you know, that I'd kind of taken my, I'd gotten satisfied too early and kind of taken my foot off the gas a little bit. And all of a sudden realizing, you know, oh crap, we got to, we got to market. Like we got to get going after this. Our organic being the new kid on the block, everybody wants to come to us because we're new um, is starting to trickle away. Like all of a sudden we're just established. Yeah. And so it's kind of wearing off. And so that was how that whole thing, you know, came about, but that would be, I think that would be the, one of the strongest things is, is, you know, set bigger goals and, um, it was, I think it was a big enough thing just to jump out and take the leap mm-hmm. and, and do it. Um, you know, 2006 is when we did it. And so it was kind of right when the economy wasn't doing the same thing. And there was plenty of people that I know, plenty of people that in my family that were just like, you know, what are you doing? You're crazy. And I just thought, well, what's, where's the security in the job market right now? Like it's not there. Yeah. Um, you know, I could get fired tomorrow. So why not go out on my own? Like, what's the worst I'm going to do? You know, if I can just replace my income, I'll be fine. So, so I did a lot of that, you know, like I'd work through the summer and the fall and then I'd just play. I had season passes at Silver and Schweitzer and I'd snowboard a bunch. Yeah, I'd go snowboarding, go on trips and travel, go to photo conventions the whole time. Like, you know, it was uh, a busy, say, you know, spring and summer season kind of wrapped up by fall, got a little push into the holidays. And then by, you know, the end of the year, it was pretty much like, meh, let's go take a couple months off and just do whatever. Uh, Because the phone wasn't ringing. Mm-hmm. you know and and then um you know now i know a little a lot more about that <laughs> so like do you have a do you have a system or recommendation or anything as far as when you set a goal mm-hmm. what do you do it do you, do you write it down do you you know do you have it somewhere where you see it all the time yeah. like do you have an accountability partner yeah and so well i think that um you know that's that's an interesting question and there's a lot of uh, a lot of times that I've experienced that myself too, where, you know, you set a goal or you, you see something and you're like, well, yeah, that would be really cool if, but you know, how the heck am I ever going to do that? Um, and I think the key to it is the simple question, the simple way you phrase the question to yourself is, you know, is, is not, um, that I can't or I could never, uh, but the simple way you phrase the question to yourself is how can I, Yeah. and sort of set your mind and your, your self con- your subconscious into that problem solving, um, mindset of how can I? And, um, I think for me, that's been amazing to understand that mindset and begin to incorporate that. Um, and just try to be, um, you know, not rose colored glasses and flowers and bunnies and everything, but just trying to be, uh, what's positive in this instead of focusing on what's negative on this. Yeah. And kind of probably navigate, you know, from the finish line, right. To back to the starting line. Yeah. As opposed to like, Hey, like this is how the finish line. And then, you know, these are Mm -hmm. the steps that I'm going to have to take. And this is where I'm going to start. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, there's a, there's a logical process there to sort of working backwards. Um, and I've tried that in my goals. Um, and it doesn't serve to motivate me as, as well. Um, that, that whole logical process of kind of bringing mm-hmm. it down is, is useful. Um, but it doesn't motivate me on a daily basis yeah. to achieve those things. Right. And so, um, connecting to, you know, that whole process of, uh, really understanding, um, personal development stuff, mind stuff, uh, uh mindset stuff, um, just trying to become the best version of me and then finding those motivations of, you know, like I want to build a business that, um, that I could stroke a check for a thousand bucks to any charity that approached me about it once a week. 
Mm. You know, that, that if I could give away 50 grand a year to charitable stuff, that'd be a pretty awesome business. It would be. And, and for me, that's more motivation when I'm not feeling like I want to market, when I'm not feeling like when I want to, you know, sneak out and go ride the Harley because the night, the day is nice. Yeah. The new toy out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, those are the things that it's like, Hey, you know, you're trying to build a legacy here and, um, you're trying to be an example for your children. And, um, if you want to build a business that allows you to get back to the community, these are the things that we kind of have to do. You know, we got to build the line at the door, um, to be able to get the clients that we want to work with, the clients that we need to work with. Um, you know, cause at our level, it's not, you know, everyone's not our client. We aren't going to connect with everybody, but, um, that goal setting piece, uh, for me, um, has always been a little bit more like kind of finding that alignment of why instead of just the logical process mm -hmm. of, well, this is all you got to do. So just do it. Yeah. And everybody's you know, like, well, why, why do I want to do it? Yeah. You know? So I don't know if that's just me, but you know, maybe the more creative mind of me just looks at it and, and just kind of says, well, why, like, why do I want to do it? I know I can do it, but why do I want to do it? Um, and that seems to be a little bit more, uh, meaningful to me to kind of keep me focused and keep me moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, like you said, every, everyone's mind operates differently. You sure. Know? You doing portraits and that sort of thing, you know, it's probably like, you know, you see, probably see stuff more visually for sure know, than a lot of people, you yeah. know, different ways of learning that sort yep. of thing. Right. Um, what has been your biggest, biggest accomplishment since you've now in the last 12 years since you opened studio? Um, well, business wise, I guess, uh, you know, I think, um, I don't know the biggest accomplishment I, I suppose is that we're still here 12 years later. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like, which that, one are you most proud of? I guess is what I should I guess. Have said. Okay. So I guess what I'm, what I'm most proud of and part of what drives me to do this is, uh, creating the portraits for, for families, especially, um, we, I guess it really just comes back to a me wanting to be the best dad I can be, you know, like how can I, without being the loud gong, how can I tell my children I love them every day? Like, how can I convey to them and communicate to them how much they mean to me and how valuable they are, how talented they are, how, you know, how much they can achieve if they just believe in themselves. Right. And, um, and I think for me that really ties into family portraits and, you know, if it was you or if it was your family, your extended family, like anyone, um, I want the experience here, uh, when they're having the portraits done to be one that, that reminds them of the importance of this group that they have together. You know, like this family group you have together, like it, it means something. It means something to your children. It means something for your children to connect to your parents, to grandchildren, you know, that, that generational thing. Um, there's a legacy piece, you know, like I know you've got a little one at home and, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, you know, you, I think people from every walk of life, I've started to notice and pay attention. Um, whether they're single or they're just a married couple or, you know, they're a couple that's, uh, you know, the last of their four children is moving out of their home or their grandparents, or it doesn't matter. Every single one of them will tell you how quickly time passes. Yeah. They'll see Sterling and all of a sudden he's six and they'll look at me and shake their head and just go, oh my gosh, how quickly time passes. It seems like just yesterday he was born. You know, know. it seems like it just, is. it seems it's like nuts. just yesterday that, yeah. And it only gets faster, right? Mm -hmm. The older you get, the people, the older people get, I feel like the more they tell you, it just gets faster. The older you get, the faster it goes. And so a big part of that, I think, uh, motivation wise for me, um, with the studio is being able to create that legacy piece. Like here's something that you'll always remember. And every time you look at it for the rest of your life, 
you're going to feel the way you feel about your family and your children right now. Like that little emotional tingly stuff you have right now, you're going to feel that every time you look at it. And imagine the power of that. Yeah. It's, you know, in your home. Imagine that the power of that family portrait sitting in your home and your children just growing up and it's just there. You know, it tells them that, that they're important, that they belong, that they're, they're part of something, that they matter um, without you having to say a word. And so I think that, you know, it should be, it's our goal that every client has, you know, take tens of thousands of pictures. We all have cameras in our, in our pockets, right? Or we all know mm-hmm. somebody that, um, you know, has got, bought a camera and loves taking pictures or whatever, right? Um, but you should have some nice portraits, you know, almost like build your library of family portraits from the time uh, the children were little until the time they're grown and gone to the time they're independent adults. And then again, you know, as the family starts expanding, um, to build that library, that collection of, of portraits, you know, four to five times throughout, you know, every three, four, five years kind of updating things, I think is a, is a really powerful driver for, uh, what we as parents can kind of do for, um, for our children just kind of letting them know like, Hey, you're important. You kind of matter. So, yeah, which actually that like struck a chord with me, like just talking about that, like brought to mind, like my favorite piece of art that we have as a family is a portrait of me and my brother and my mom Mm -hmm. and my dad. Yeah. You know, we're little, little boys Yeah, and that like framed portrait. Yeah. Like that's the one thing that like, actually like I look back on like, man, like that picture, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a picture that's a portrait. Yeah. Yeah. I would call it a portrait. Exactly. (laughs) But you know, you, you look at it and it's like, it is, it is a legacy piece. I Mm -hmm. mean, you go and it's like, you know, who, thousands and probably millions of pictures, you know, have been yeah. taken of me and, you know, whatever since sure. then. Sure. But that one is special. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, that, and that's probably, um, I would imagine, you know, like you and your brother were probably like, well, I want that. Well, no, I actually, I want that. Or, hey, can we share it? Can you have it for a while? And I have it for a while. Yeah. Um, and I always think about that as well. You know, there's clients that'll come in and they have their children and, and, um, you know, I don't know if it's, uh, vanity or humble or whatever but they're like oh you know the family and then just the kids just the kids and i'm always kind of kindly but but gently push back and just say you know i'm bullshit like mm-hmm. uh you're kind of a big deal you kind of matter to them and if yeah. we only ever do portraits of the children what the hell do they have when yeah, you're gone family right yeah what happens if you know we tomorrow isn't promised to any one of us mm-hmm. you know and it's it's not not the marketing angle that we want to really uh, push or use, but it's still part of reality. It's like, Hey, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, nobody knows what's going to happen next week. And if one of you were to be gone, would your children fight over the portraits that you had created of them together? Not a chance. Yeah. Not a chance. They would want the portraits of the family. They would want the portraits of all of us kids with mom, all of us kids with dad. They would want the portraits of, you know, the girls would want a portrait of them with their dad or them with their mom or something like that. Like they, they'd want the ones of mom and dad together. Yeah. They don't want they, the, the solo glamour shot. Yeah. Right. And so I think sometimes as parents, you know, it's easy for us to divert that a little bit. Um, you know, or, or a lot of times we hear, you know, parents, sometimes moms will, you know, make some comment about weight or losing weight or getting tan. And I'm always like, Hey, guess what? Your children don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They don't care if it's 10 extra pounds, 20 extra pounds. They don't care. Like, don't wait because you just never know. Like, why not just get in here and get it done and then do that? And then I'll see you in a few years. Yeah, work on it, right? (laughs) Work on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, you know, you always know how the, you know, the weight loss. Oh, I got to lose weight before I do this. Right, right. You could wait your whole life. Yeah, yeah. And you could miss it. 
you yeah. know, you could miss this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's something that I, uh, I kind of struggle with because I don't want to ever be pushy with people on that, but you know, you kind of want to have a gentle reminder to them as well. Like, Hey, life has a funny way of changing on us. And there isn't a single one of us that knows, you know, you don't get the email on the morning of and says, Hey, cool. You're going to be in a really bad car accident later today. Yeah, so yeah. make sure you wrap some stuff up, right? Yeah. You know, Hey John, make sure you, uh, take care of some stuff at home because you're going to have a heart attack at five thirty-seven PM today. Like none of us get that. No. Um, you know, so there's always that kind of delicate, uh, and I, I do mean delicate, you know, like gentle way that we kind of want to remind people like, Hey, maybe you should do this because you just never know. Yeah, right. And I mean, it's so, like one of those things that it's like your affairs, right? But yeah. like get your affairs in order. Yeah. Just take care of like it. You know, a family portrait's not something that typically comes, comes to mind. Right. But I know, you know, going through it, losing both my parents, like sure. I look and I say, Hey, you know, like that, that portrait, like that's special. Yeah. And you're sure. never, you're never going to get it back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, you know, that ties in for me. It's like, yeah. I want to create that for, for people. Mm-hmm. I want them to have that. I want them, I want your children to have that, you know, yeah. like I want, I want to do that. And I think that that was a kind of a long winded answer of where all that spawns from. But, yeah. you know, I guess it's just that drive of like, I want to be the best dad and the best parent I can be. And this is a way that I can sort of feel like I can empower other people to do the same thing. Like, Hey, this matters. It isn't just a picture. Like you're creating something meaningful. You're creating something that hopefully the kids are going to fight over someday. Yeah. So come on in here and let's do it. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you get one message out to the community? Uh, what would it be? Oh, uh, um, give, you know, like just, just be ready to give. Um, well, I think we're fortunate that we live in this pretty awesome community. And, uh, I think I hear time and time again about, you know, from charitable organizations and groups and, um, board members and different charitable stuff that we work with, like our, our, you know, national average of per capita of, uh, charitable giving, you know, our little community is, is pretty highly ranked. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. That's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty neat thing to be a part of here. And, um, I think it was, was Zig Ziglar that always said, uh, if you help another, other people get what they want, then you'll get everything you want. And I think that that's, uh, that's an important way to, you know, not keep track and not be tit for tat with people about, you know, I gave you all of this and it measures up to that. And so I need you to give me back the exact same thing. You're like, I don't wait for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I give and, um, and eventually one way or another, uh, sometimes it comes back right away and sometimes it takes a while, but I feel like it always comes full circle. Yeah, it does. And uh, I, I'm a firm believer in that, you know, come yeah. full circle, like, Hey, you know, we had that conversation before we got on the microphone. Yeah. You know, you, you don't do certain things with the expectation of return, right? but you never know down the line you right. know, when you're going to have to need a favor from someone. Right. And, you know, be able to pick up the phone and say, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, lost, you know, lost everything. Need mm-hmm. a place to sleep tonight. You know, yeah. what do you, what do you say? Yeah. And you know, all that karma points or whatever yeah. you want to call it, you know, building up yeah. like, at some point, we're all probably going to have to cash in on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think in life and, and in business, it's true. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, you could, you, you, you work and you, you try to, you know, and even with us, I always feel like um, if someone finds us or doesn't have a clear perception of who we are or, you know, thinks that we're just like every other photographer, um, you know, and they, 
when we come in and we have that conversation in the beginning, like, Hey, this is not what we do. We don't just push a button and hand you files and see you later. Bye. Um, this is a whole experience. This is start to finish. We're going to, we're going to help. We're going to intentionally create this for you. Um, and even if that client finds it's not a good fit, you know, my, my mentality is always like, just treat them like gold, you know, treat them like you respect who they are. And even if they don't make the decision, um, you never know what they're going to say when they leave, you know, you never know that, um, someone that they know that does like what we do says, gosh, we need a family portrait. And that person goes, Hey, you know, like this guy was really awesome and their work was amazing. Like it didn't fit for us, but it might work for you. And I just think with that and in business and in life and charitable groups and community service stuff, it's just, just do the right thing and do your best and show other people you care, right? Just be, just be one of those people and everything will sort of work itself out. Well, at least it has for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty true for me. So. It does. Well, cool. KB, we appreciate it. Um, where can people find out more about you, your, your business? Well, um, we're always available on the, the good old telephone. Uh, we love to talk to people. I think that's an important part of our experience. Um, so, you know, 208-773-9712 is the phone number. Uh, of course, we're on the, on the interwebs. Yeah. So we're uh, artisanportrait.com. Um, or they could find me, you know, I'm involved in rotary here. We do in post falls and um, we do a bunch of charitable stuff I do, you know, we're around, man. We're right guys, here in the community. You guys are all over Facebook. Yeah, occasionally you can find me over at uh, post falls brewery. So. Post falls brew co right down <laughs> yeah, the road, <laughs> right down the road, two blocks away. <laughs> Known to make an appearance or two there every once in a while. Um, but yeah, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. It's all artisan portrait. Um, yeah. Artisan, not artesian. Correct, yeah. artisan. Yeah. I think I finally got that. Yeah, after, yeah, that's you know, okay. Our, our no, it sticks. It sticks to me. I like the artisan thing. It's the uh, you know the old world craftsmanship, the handwork, the, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, look it's forward to pleasure. success. Yeah, all right. absolutely. All right. Appreciate the time, sir. Um, so it's been nice to be on the show. It's a good thing you're doing. So thank keep you. Going. Yeah, thanks. Yep. Yeah.